What do you get when you mix two tired dads, movies young and old, and incessant rambling? You get the show Movies After Work. I'm Thomas. And I'm Alex. Movies After Work is a weekly unedited discussion on movies, trailers, news, and potty training. Join us as we talk about movies ranging from new into theaters to the golden age, from the mainstream to the unhinged. So make sure you listen to us wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. Be warned, this show is not safe for your children or bosses. Cue the music. We don't have the budget for music. Oh, uh, yeah. Once every harvest moon, a talk show comes along that is so groundbreaking, raising the bar to such heights that other podcasts step back and say, wow, that show's got it figured out. With a host tempered in focus, commitment, and sheer will, this is The Derek Duvall Show. Pop culture, news, and interviews with fascinating people that channel the great Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite. The Derek Duvall Show. Find him on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show and find his new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podchaser. The Derek Duvall Show. The best thing to happen to hump days since the Geico Camel. What what? Welcome to another episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trish Campbell. And I'm on vacation. So I haven't left for New York yet as of recording of this show. But by the time you hear it, we'll be in New York. So um, anyway, no. So so I started off my vacation from the theater anyway. I still had to work at the DMV today. But I started off our vacation last night. You and I decided to go out with Crystal uh, to our favorite local brewery. Um, and get some eats and have a have a miniature miniature beer since I can't drink very much anymore. We hadn't even gotten our food yet when my phone started ringing because our poor employee, our fellow manager, Megan, who's been on the show, calls us in complete chaos and disarray. Apparently, our MX Ford E theater went down last night. So you guys remember. It was the last episode or the episode before we talked about people complaining, you know, not saying something when something's going wrong with a movie or anything. Well, this time they caught it. Somebody came and said something early on in the movie. But she can't, she's not experienced enough with, with that equipment. She ordered the servers or anything. So she calls me, which luckily you're with me. And we tried to walk her through it until we got her on FaceTime. And we realized we've never seen this error either. Yeah. Shit, fuck, bro. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I hope you're more sorry. Yeah, sorry. We Our expertise has been limited. So we gave her a number of somebody. He didn't answer. She called her boss. Basically kind of came to the same conclusion we did. Shut it down, readmit them, do whatever you got to do. And then put everything in plan for the next day. So she tweeted that last night. And I'm sure you guys saw it on our Twitter feed that um you know it's like this building knows that i'm alone something to that effect it's like this building knows that i'm alone and uh because this happens to me now every time that i'm working by myself (laughs) all i could do was just quote tweet it and write back to her 
embrace the suck <laughs> this is your initiation and then send a finding nemo gift just saying shark bait Hoo-ha-ha. so that's all i had i thought it was funny so anywho how are you doing trisha anything interesting happened this week to you yes well well you're the long version or the short version i mean it it's our show so i'm gonna leave it up to you you divulge as much information as you want um through the reader's digest version i woke up tuesday morning i've woken up at 7 a.m by pretty extreme abdominal pain Mm-hmm. And it kind of tended toward the right side. So after about an hour of suffering, uh, I started to worry. Mm-hmm. I said, screw it. I'm going to go check myself into the ER, see what's going on. Well, the good news is I don't have appendicitis. Yay. Bad news is they found a cyst, which uh-huh. is fairly common. Going to go on its own. We were thinking that I had another one that ruptured. Not fun. The uh, second round of bad news is that somewhat last night and this morning, I woke up to uh, some sort of irritation all over my arm where my IV was. I think I'm having a reaction to the contrast dye from the CT they gave me. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everything in my body is trying to attack me at this point. That comes with getting old. My brain. Oh, you cut out. I lost you. My entire body is just breaking down, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Something's going on with your mic. Is that better? Yes. Yes. There was some popping, and it was like cutting you in and out on on what you were doing. So, anyway. But yeah. Double check that the plug was secure. Yeah. So. So just just to kind of give everybody a little background, Trisha's brain tried to kill her uh, in her sleep a couple of years ago. Uh, Five years ago. My God, has it been that long? Yep. It was 2016. It was 2016. Yes, because it was uh, uh, Royals opening weekend. Yeah. So. Royals opening day. Yes. Because I, I, I memories of watching the game in the ER mm-hmm. the plaza waiting for a room yes yeah yeah, yeah it wasn't wasn't fun no. so that happened now now the cysts are trying to get you your arms broke out yeah. welcome to getting old like this is this is how this goes like yeah well the skin i'm not surprised with yeah i'm pale you are pale sunburn easily when i get tattooed my skin turns bright lobster red in fact last time i got tattooed my flat up said that he's glad he knows that that's how i react because if anyone else's skin reacted the way i did he would worry yeah since he knows me well enough and he's tattooed me and he knows it's normal so it doesn't worry him anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i'm pale okay it I'll happens you it's okay. It makes you feel any better. I got ate up by mosquitoes today trying to put together, put the greenhouse back together. Um, Kyle Humphrey came over and was trying to help with that. And 
it's gonna take two more extra pairs of hands to push this thing back together and get it fixed because of how it's bowed out because of a fucking thunderstorm that came blowing through a while back so just my luck so anyway well yeah so no the only thing that really happened that was interesting at the theater this week was like i said megan's call last night i don't feel like we had any other incidents this week um pretty quiet week it was um and it's about to get quieter we're actually so we had a uh, we had a conference call this week with our uh, district manager as we always do um and he told us that we are going to cut back our hours for one week only um, last week of september yeah uh basically because they don't expect evan dear evan hansen to do much or anything else for that matter we have a week to go until venom and the month of october comes and hopefully kicks our asses um yeah so i picked a good week to go on vacation is what it really boils down to it's true so, we actually talked about that when he first said it i was like well we've been worried about if we have enough managers to cover everything and i can definitively say we do now since you know there's really no more right one yeah it's yeah it was interesting but it is kind of funny because um you'd already made the film schedule or no the film schedule had not been made yet but there were already showtimes put in for dear evan hansen and of course we sold to a couple of them on friday so it is what it is so so there's a skeleton crew that's going to be running it tomorrow just for two early shows of that and then and then the rest of the week it'll be uh four o'clocks on only so um yeah, it is what it is. It's a nice little reprieve. Hopefully before, like I said, we, we get back to, you know, back to back to back weeks of just blockbuster after blockbuster. Yeah. So. October's looking pretty packed. It is. It's, uh, I was looking to see what else, because Venom's not the only thing opening next week. We've also got the Adams Family too, which will be good mm-hmm. counter-programming for the kids. Uh, yep. I think Bond is opening alone. I don't think there's anything else opening against it. Um, October 15th is Halloween Kills. I don't think there's anything opening against that either. Um, the, only, the only other week that I could see that had any kind of counter-programming to it besides Venom and, and Adam's Family 2 is uh, the week of Dune, which is the following weekend, which is, uh, we've got that. And then we've also got uh, the French Dispatch coming out, the new Wes Anderson film. And I'm going, well, you couldn't have two more distinctively different films releasing in the same weekend could you so yeah so if you're wondering what to go see this this next coming month we've got all that and then for halloween weekend we get uh edgar wright's last night in soho um i feel like there's one other movie opening that weekend i don't know i just know that every week i'm gonna be sitting there going well i guess we're screening something so um we'll eventually watch venom too i don't know when i just I'm not going to go out of my way for it. I've just, I've decided that uh, after the conversation we had last week, I saw somebody today that said, if you go in with, with, you know, meh expectations, you'll like it. Uh, talk about the first one. And I go, I went in with less than meh expectations and still wound up just, I, you know, and I, and I am usually one of those people that go, says go in with low expectations. You might actually be surprised with how much you enjoy it uh kind of how we ran into cop shop last week I was I gonna say, that, that was cop shop in a nutshell 
Yeah, we had no expectations going into that movie last week, and we wound up really liking it. And apparently, we weren't the only ones. Like critics that saw it, you know, actually got to review it, said it was actually pretty decent. Like I said, so um, yeah. So that was that. Um, yeah. So if I don't, I don't have anything unusual that really happened at the theater. You don't have anything unusual that really happened at the theater. I guess we have to move on. So it's going to be a short episode this week, guys. So um because yeah i also could not find a whole bunch of like movie news stories that i wanted to talk about um but we do have a discussion at the end that we're going to have because daniel craig made some comments that of course when you saw the headline we're taking it you know completely out of context and then when you see it in the context it's totally fine so but we'll get there um so let's talk about well first and foremost we have a release date for the next fantastic beast movie I know you're excited. And we also have a title. It is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, coming April 15th, 2022. Um, I, for one, am, I don't care. I'm not excited. Um, and I, I've enjoyed the Harry Potter movies. I enjoyed the first Fantastic Beasts. I think I was so disappointed with the second one that I just, anything beyond that, I'm like, I don't. I, I, I can agree. The second one was disappointing compared to the first one. Incredibly disappointing. Um, the only reason I, I have any interest in this one at all is the Mads Mikkelsen recasting for, uh, for Grindelwald. Um, I will, I will tune in for him because I, I like his work as an actor. I think he was, obviously he's a great Bond villain. Fantastic as Hannibal. He's going to be in the next Indiana Jones movie. I'm going to assume he's going to be a villain in that. Might as well. As much as I like Mads Mikkelsen, Mikkelsen I'm still a little salty at Warner Brothers for forcing Johnny Depp out and not doing anything. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm you. We will not let that rest, but we also don't pay to watch these movies, so it's, true. it's hard for us to boycott in any way, shape, or form other than say, don't go see it. So, um, Which, honestly, is going to be like telling, telling a tiger not to be a tiger. And honestly, I also along with the you know can't really boycott it that's i already have issues with jk rowling too so yeah i'm like i'm gonna watch it only because i'm not giving any money to her yeah um sorry i'm trying to pull this up i didn't have the story ready to go um there will be theatrical exclusive and it is moving up from its previous release really state of july 15th so um so yeah, so it'll be theatrical exclusive, which means no day and date on HBO Max. Hooray! So um, I think I think Warner Brothers just figured out how much they screwed up by announcing all of those so far in advance. Yeah, yeah which is what we said. Um, let's see. Uh, so that's it's almost six- like we know what we're talking about. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, let's see. We do not have a plot synopsis yet uh on on fantastic beast three i was kind of hoping that we did that's actually what i was sitting here looking for um not finding anything but secrets of dumbledore i don't know uh probably probably that he's you know they'll probably reveal that he's been lovers with grindelwald or whatever and we're like yeah we we already knew we already knew that yeah like what of it like this is not whatever this is not new information what do you want that's why i have a hard time with prequels in general just because we're already mm-hmm. a lot of these characters and we already know a lot of their backstory like yeah that's why they i think fantastic I, should not be a five-part series honestly no. i think it should have just been the one movie of, one movie would have been fine but 
I still don't understand why we can't get anything from the Marauders era. Right? Because I know a lot of fans that would love to see that. Yeah. And uh, no, they're going to give us five parts of Fantastic Beasts for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I'm... I don't know. I'll be the one person that's shitting on it when we go into the Harry Potter store this weekend. Like, just like, ugh, another Fantastic Beast. Like, really? <laughs> like, I, uh, it's, um, it's not that I'm completely opposed to... Well, at least, I will say, at least we're getting a Hufflepuff hero. You are. You are. Like, Cedric Diggory was not enough on his own. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm like, not... Ravenclaw's at least got Luna Lovegood for multiple movies we did we did which really just kind of chant you know really plugs into the the quirkiness of ravenclaws in general i feel like she's the extreme i am not like i just i do goofy <laughs> but i don't go with that goofy um but i do like that character so um yeah so i was trying to find this article um my god critics are shitting all over this um sorry uh dear evan hansen so it is the big movie coming out this weekend, or supposed to be the big movie coming out this weekend. Um, I lost. I looked. Pre-sales were pretty, pretty disappointing. Boring. Yeah, um, but I had seen a story with, uh, and I didn't get to pull it up. Um, basically, people over at Universal, the executives and whatnot, are disappointed and hurt, and I'm using that as the quote uh, that the reception to Dear Evan Hansen has been less than thrilled um so to kind of give you a rundown i i looked at the synopsis i almost considered getting tickets for this for this weekend for the uh the play um and decided against it basically the premise based on everything i've read is evan hansen is a depressed young man who writes letters to himself as part of his therapy um befriends a another outcast who winds up stealing the letters from him and then committing suicide and so everybody thinks evan hansen is uh his best friend and knew him best and you know just you know instead of telling them the truth or trying to tell them the truth and you know saying we didn't really know each other he took those from me in a fit of whatever um he instead leans into it and my understanding also tries to use that to his advantage to get in the pants of the the suicidal kid's sister and i'm going that's that's probably an oversimplification but i don't feel like i'm too far off and um yeah so i can't i can't sit there and say that that's for sure what it all is but that's based on the synopsis from the show that's what i took from it um and like I said, the, the reviews on it so far, every time I go check Rotten Tomatoes, it's Rotten Tomato score keeps going down. And it wasn't very high to begin. It was already at 56. When I last looked at it, it was at 40. Um, but yeah, so I saw that, that they were that they were hurt. I'm going to keep looking at that. Trisha, what are your thoughts on that just right out the get-go? Well, I feel like when it was first, like the first trailer hit and everyone's immediate reaction was, why is this guy the lead? Like, I know that Ben Platt, you know, premiered that show on Broadway. I get it. Mm -hmm. But when everyone's first reaction is your star is too old, looks too old to be a high school kid, even by Hollywood standards, that's that's not a good start. It, there's there's no coming back from that. Right. 
because people are already set out to dislike it at that point because you, you you can't have this musical work if people don't like the main character the guy playing the main character yeah so yeah it was kind of bound to to go downhill at that point yeah i like i said i didn't have i didn't have high hopes for it right out the gate but yeah it's just like i said that reading that premise i just went that's disgusting okay so this is from this uh from the rap sorry here we go i found the story um so yeah universal aims to head off dear evan hansen online backlash the musical the musical is facing virulent early reviews weak tracking and criticism for casting 20 year old or 27 year old ben platt as a high school student Again, it's not unusual to do that. It's just he does not look like a twenty-seven-year-old. Or he does not look there, like. A- there's a lot of late twenties actors cast as high school kids that look younger than they are. Now I get Hollywood high school kids don't look like high school kids. They look like college kids, and that's fair. But at least most of the people, most of the twenty-somethings that are cast as high school kids, look younger than they are. Yeah, Ben Platt is not one of them. Also, as I've pointed out to people several times, like five, six years ago, whenever Pitch Perfect came out, uh-huh. Ben Platt was playing a college freshman. Yeah. And now we're supposed to believe he's a high school kid? Like, at the time, he looked believable as a high school freshman or a college freshman. But again, it's been like five years since then, or again, whenever Pitch Perfect came out. I'm not bothering to look it up right now. But like... What? What? Who? Who in their right mind will would look at Ben Platt and be like, "Oh yeah, high school kid"? No. Yeah. He he looks his age. Sometimes there's times in that trailer that he honestly, I'm like, that looks like a 30 year old man. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I did click on this story, and uh, unfortunately, it is behind a paywall on the Rap Pro. Um, you know, because they, whatever reason, but. I'm not, I'm honestly not shocked by this. Like that backlash was coming, as you said, when, like when we were talking about his age, um, even though he originated the role, it is to- two totally different things to cast somebody above age to work on Broadway in a live show where they need to be there and available at all times for an extended period. Yeah. Um, as opposed to being on a film where you're shooting from anywhere from a month to six months and be done with it. Um which is why most high school roles are played by older older actors because you don't have to worry about you know the the rules surrounding how many hours a minor can work and um, schooling and whatnot but they at least usually cast like early 20s like usually most of the people that are playing high school kids are at least under 25 yeah usually 25 is starting to push it and Mm -hmm. the people who are 25 or just over are ones who you know like me have baby face yeah who look significantly younger than they are right not a 27 year old who looks 27 yeah sometimes older so yeah so So, but the more they go on the defensive uh, the worse it makes it look honestly in my opinion well that's so the more they try to defend it the worse it looks yeah so that's not the only thing that they that they are fighting back against um some individuals at Universal Pictures are said to be hurt and disappointed at the early response to Dear Evan Hansen and bristled at the suggestion that the production exploited teenage anxiety and the tragedy of suicide. And I, again, from what I've read, that sounds accurate. Uh, and I'm not the only one who felt that way. Uh, Movies After Work uh, 
Thomas, our, our friend of the show, um, on his Twitter feed, uh, said the musical uses mental health as an excuse for the character to not have to develop through the story unless they change that then yes for so many reasons this is exploitative um i can't argue with that like um like i i get what they're trying to do because yes teens i mean even in our generation but especially now deal with a lot of mental health issues and the the idea of trying to address that is good but there's a way to go about it and it sounds like they're not going to the, the musical, especially it sounds like it didn't go about it the right way. And they're not doing themselves any favors with the movie version from what I understand. Yeah. But yeah, I'm almost, since we're going to New York and it is actually still playing on Broadway. And I, again, this weekend, I'm almost curious, not going to buy tickets to see the show um, as I've already got my book weekend book, but I almost okay, want yeah, to go and, and catch. I, yeah. We're going to get in that in a second. Um, I almost want to ask the the people that that are there that have seen the show or are going to see it again what their thoughts are and that might be something mm-hmm. I wind up doing if I get the time to do it um yeah so I'm sorry I'm looking through Twitter Twitter on this uh somebody tweeted out the plot of Dear Evan Hansen is just uh she believed he lied in the parentheses throughout if you've seen that trend going around for the last like decade um yeah here we go. Dear Evan Hansen, but it's about the escalating lies Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend is telling his fiance to avoid admitting he's got the clap. <laughs> Honestly, I think that would be a much better oh, movie. Lord. Um, yeah, so um, let's see. Warner Brothers fucked up so badly, I can't believe Dune and Matrix 4 are day and date streamers, but the ultimate get drunk and make fun of it from your couch movie, Dear Evan Hansen, is theatrical only. Um, Oh God, uh, somebody. So another thing that uh, Thomas from Movies After Work had, had mentioned is that the same year that Dare Evan Hansen won uh, big at the Tony Awards is the same year they had Kevin Spacey hosting. And he goes, um, make it that what you will, essentially. Oh. And I'm going, ooh, ooh, buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's not good. So yeah, it doesn't look like this movie is going to catch on. Um, now be the second movie musical in the last couple of years that has just gotten trashed uh critically uh cats even more so which is what it is um and then commercially if this doesn't do well that's gonna make two movie musicals this year in the heights being the other one that underperform um for me my biggest concern with all of this less so about the the you know exploitative nature of dear evan hansen is the demise of the movie musical yet again uh i feel like this goes through trends every so often um i'm hoping and because in the heights which we saw earlier this year and was absolutely fantastic and it's still in my top five for the year so far um was a great musical and it was a good good fun feel good musical with Mm -hmm. social themes that that a lot of people can relate to um not saying that you can't relate to dear evan hansen because i guarantee you there are a lot of people that connected with that show when it first came out and probably will connect with this movie and i think that's great um but when when two movies based off of hit broadway shows underperform it's not looking good for that genre of film in general at least in my eyes i think sometimes these when these hit broadway shows get made into movies 
it's not about, hey, this is a story that needs to be shared. Sometimes it's a, hey, this made someone a lot of money on Broadway. Let's let's make a movie of it and maybe make a lot of money ourselves yeah. instead of trying to pick and choose the the stories on Broadway that are resonating and connecting with with people that need to be told. Yeah. This this just screams of a money grab. Hey, it was popular. Let's make a movie. Yeah. Well, and, and so it's funny. You and I were talking about this last night with Dear Evan Hansen being being this week's case. How we we have we often complain, I say we, uh, the the general collective of the movie watching society, um, not just us. So people a lot of people complain that Hollywood tends to not have any original ideas and keeps remaking stuff or readapting stuff. So going through the last couple of years of Broadway shows, Broadway's doing the exact the exact same thing because their attendance is down. Now you have the breakout hits, the Dear Evan Hansons, the Hamiltons, um, things like that, and it's not not like it's a new thing. But looking through the list, I found several shows based on movies that weren't musicals from the get go that I just went, huh? Why why are you doing that as a musical? So let's go through some of these. Legally Blonde apparently is really good. Mean Girls reportedly decent. Heather's has gotten a lot of acclaim. SpongeBob SquarePants. Did we need a SpongeBob SquarePants musical? Apparently Broadway no. thought we did. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I point, you can point to the Disney stuff too. Aladdin, The Lion King, Frozen's the next one, Little Mermaid, um, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is the one, one of these that I would actually want to go see. <laughs> um, and so I'm going, okay, I get maybe taking some of those and adapting them into musicals i'm not keen on the idea but to i mean yeah it's happening too often yes now yes certain things work well like uh you're talking about uh one of my favorites is newsies yes it was a movie musical first that they adapted for for broadway yeah but they made changes and it works and uh it's one of my comfort movies now but like it, it but there was time in between that like it was one of those the movie came out in the early 90s and then like 15 years later someone's like you know i really enjoyed that movie let's 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 do a stage version it would work well and right. i did it versus you know spongebob like what yeah. who who sat there and was like you know what broadway needs a spongebob musical like yeah what yeah uh- <laughs> And like I said, I'm I'm not entirely opposed. If you have the right idea and you have the right crew together, songwriters, mm-hmm. singers, you know, playwrights, all that. When you have the right crew to come together, you can have some magic. Um, case in point, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors was originally a B movie from the 50s from, from Roger Corman. Um, and it's a fine, you know, it's got an, a young, a very young Jack Nicholson in it. Um, and it's it's a fun it's goofy it's but it's a b movie in the 80s early 80s late 70s early 80s broadway or off broadway i should say adapted it into a broadway show so made it a full-fledged musical and made it a rock and roll show and went with it and it was successful enough to warrant making a movie and i'm okay with turn do it with kind of that process we had to get there first because one little shop of horrors is just a great show one yes. two that movie is fucking hilarious 
Rick Moranis, Steve Martin do a fantastic job. Bill Murray for all of his like two minutes on screen cracks me up every time. We're getting a remake of it with Taron Edgerton, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Chris, Chris Evans as the dentist. And I'm going, I'm in for that. Like that's a solid. I'm wholeheartedly in for that. I'm all in for that. So, you know, so, so we can't, like I said, it's not that that you can't do that it's when like i said it's oversaturated to the point waitress waitress is another one that was a movie that's now been turned into a broadway show um and i'm just going why do we keep doing that so uh but like little shop of horrors to me is the gold standard for getting away with that the producers is another one it was a movie before it was a broadway show before it was a movie musical and the reason i'm okay with taking a broadway show and turning it into a movie musical is because I can't afford to go to New York every single right. year to, to go see Broadway shows. I just can't. No, not, not everybody can. Hell, New Yorkers can't even. Like it's expensive. And so to yeah. try to try to act like the only way to see it is is on in, on Broadway, New York is very much trying to like gatekeep it for only the rich elite. And that's exactly. bullshit. It is. Um like we get we get touring companies that come through. Um we went and saw Jersey Boys several years ago. They were fantastic. At Starlight, it was fantastic. And I love doing that. But again, I can't afford to do that all the time with every show that comes through. Yeah. I, I got to pick and choose. Exactly. So, but if you make a movie of it, put it in theaters, mm-hmm. I can do that. Most people can do that. A movie ticket is cheaper than going to see, you know, a live version of something. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's... Yeah, and when the movie musical is good, Little Shop, producers, Chicago, like, then I'm like, okay, I am all on board with it. Um, They've done Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge is now a Broadway show, and I'm going, it's going to be a jukebox musical, but that could be a fun show if you do it right. But Moulin Rouge is a fantastic movie. Yes. I adore that movie. Yes. So I would go see that on stage in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, so like I said, I find it, I find it odd that, that we bitch about Hollywood, like I said, having a lack of original ideas when we're seeing Broadway do the exact same thing and we're acting like Broadway is so much better than, which don't get me wrong. I love live theater. I do. You know that I was in theater as a high school kid. I adore the stage experience. Um, I I did the pit orchestra twice in high school, once in college. Yeah. But when I was, but when I, at least the, the teacher that I was under, the theater teacher we had at my high school when I was there, um, liked doing lesser known musicals. Like the, the only well-known musical we did when I was there was The Wiz my freshman year. And that was honestly a bad idea because my high school is predominantly white. So yeah. that was dumb. But then we did Steel Pier. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of that one? Children of Children of Eden? Eden. Children of Eden. Thank you. Um, and uh, parade. All ones that I hadn't really heard of before we did them. Yeah. And honestly, I absolutely adore parade. Now I want to go see it live someplace, but I don't think it's even really still a thing anywhere, which is disappointing. Yeah, you'd almost have to but, catch a, a college production. Uh, yeah anywhere at this point which is a shame um 
yeah so so yeah, yeah like, we, we did like obscure ones which i appreciated because i never would have been introduced to those yeah otherwise yeah my uh let's see uh when i was let's, in high school, let's do more of those into movie musicals yeah the uh, ones that were hit like 20 30 years ago that people have forgotten about yeah bring those uh, back when i was in high school i think we did a musical like every other year um and so we did Grease my sophomore year I was in the chorus, so it wasn't good enough to be a Kaneki or a Zuko or anything like that. But then again, neither were the guys that they cast to play Zuko and Kaneki, but here we are. Um, uh, you went my, to a small high school, so choices were limited. Also true. So also, yeah, and our, our theater director kind of went with what they could get, you know, um, and then she moved on uh, after my junior year. So my senior year, uh, my theater teacher at the time, Ms. Snowden, she was actually like the Spanish like four and five teacher and was a substitute for a little bit and then like took over and came in and basically revamped the theater department. Um, I emailed her on summer vacation, while, or summer vacation while I was down at the Missouri Fine Arts Academy to say, hey, uh, you know, I hear we're doing this particular show. I'd kind of like to take my hand at student directing for part of it, you know, not really planning to do um to be on stage much because i want to do more behind the scenes stuff this go around and she acquiesced to that but the show that we did is called honk and it's a musical retelling of uh the ugly duckling and it is a fantastic show and i want to see it done by professionals on stage <laughs> somewhere um and i have a whole story about that too about how i got stuck the night uh or opening night as as the understudy to uh to one of the leads that actually opens the show um and i may tell that story one day but just not today so um we've got like, off topic enough as it is yeah so um but yeah that's basically what it boils down to dear evan hansen's getting shat all over I, we'll probably wind up watching it at some point just yeah. to see what what the hubbub's all about and if it's really as exploitative as they say um but i do think it's important to have movies that do discuss mental health and suicide yes. It's the manner matter of or it's it's in the manner of how they handle it. And from what I am reading and from what I've seen about this particular Broadway show, this one ain't it. Um, and yeah, so we're just gonna move on from there. Uh, I hear there's also backlash against Thirteen Reasons Why, and I have no no desire to watch that either. So um, you made this fringy face. I wish I read I the book. I didn't make it past. I think. I think I watched one or two episodes and I couldn't do it because I yeah. feel like the book was written really well, but the show was not as good from, yeah. from the little I watched and from what I've heard other people say, it definitely glorified it and made it yeah awful. And then they continued it unnecessarily and just made it worse. Yeah. Um, the, book, the book did it really well. Yeah. So uh, before we get off the Broadway musical things, I have to rub it in real quick one more time because I did mention it since we were talking about Little Shop of Horrors. I did think of something I want to try and do. I don't know if it'd be kosher or not. So I'm going to throw the, run this idea past you. So I'm going to see Little Shop of Horrors this, uh, tomorrow night. Um, by the time you guys hear it, it'll be tonight. So um, going to see Little Shop of Horrors. Now, the only reason that she is really salty about me seeing this show is because of who is starring in it. Um, it's an off-Broadway production at the Westside Theater. Jeremy Jordan is in it. And if that name sounds familiar to you guys, it should. If you watch Supergirl, he played Wynn Shot on that show. Uh, he is also in 
her favorite version of Newsies, the Broadway musical recording that's on Disney+. Plus. So he's a Broadway, and he's well-known on Broadway, so he's very popular out mm-hmm. there. So anyway, I got tickets. I managed to get tickets at a decent price because I almost dropped $500 on tickets for fucking Hamilton and talked myself out of it, and now I'm really glad I did. <laughs> um, so got tickets to see Little Shop of Horrors. So one of the, if you're not familiar with like going to a Broadway show or the West End or wherever, there's a practice at the end of, of every production or every show called stage dooring, which is basically kind of what it sounds like. Fans go and, and greet the, the, uh, yeah. the, the cast. As they, by the stage door for them to come out and they'll, yeah. they'll have a little you know, meet and greet with, with people yeah. before they leave. Yeah. Um, I, I did this when I was in London in 2005. Yes. Um, that summer, uh, Ewan McGregor was in Guys and Dolls. Mm-hmm. And I went and saw that and he came to the stage door. Now, it was literally all of about 30 seconds where he signed my playbill and I told him he did a great job and he thanked me for coming. And that was really about it. Couldn't take pictures, anything like that. But I, I still got to stand like a foot from him and like talk to him for 30 seconds. You got to talk to fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I'm going to take this moment for Jeremy Jordan, okay? So just, just because of that. So, um, but here's the idea that I had. And I'm going to run it by you. And I just want to hear what you think. Oh, no. I'm scared. So I thought about it because I'm going to have my phone with me. Mm-hmm. What if I FaceTime you and just say, hey, Jeremy, my best friend is stuck in Kansas City and could not come with us on this trip. Would you please say hi to her? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> they let you. If they let me. Like, and they, they may you. not. They may not. I know for sure I'm going to get you an autograph. Like, I'm going to yeah. try my damnedest to get you an autograph because that's the least I can do. Um, but that was the thought I had is like, if I spin it around and just keep it there or just keep it to where you can see the conversation, like, while you're, you know, your face is like out from my phone screen and just say, she'd like I mean, to say, I'm sitting here like I'd probably embarrass myself, but is it worth, is it worth it? <laughs> It probably, I feel like for you, it would be worth it. Or is this going to be a Haley Atwell story all over again? Oh, it's just, no. It's my shame to carry around for the rest of my life. <laughs> Although I feel like I've grown a lot since the Haley Atwell yeah, incident. So, yeah. so hold on, hold on. Hopefully my brain won't completely shut down. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. Because we've talked about your practice of uh, when we go to Comic-Con, you have to figure out what you're going to say. to. The I have to have something prepared to say, and I prefer to watch them interact with people before I get up there so I can okay. gauge how much, basically how introverted or extroverted they seem to be. Right, right, right. So I can prepare myself to attempt to be an extrovert or if I can just let them take the reins. Yes. Those, so. those are my two, my, my two things. So that begs the question, if I do this, what would you say to Jeremy Jordan? Because it's going to be brief. You know that it's going to be brief. Yeah. I don't know. Probably just talk to him about Newsies and tell him how much I appreciate Newsies. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Because like I said, it's my comfort musical. People are going to be listening to this show when it drops on Friday and they're going to go, do it. Fucking call and do it. Like, we got to know how the story ends. Like, they're going to be on their, the edge of their seats next week for the episode to see how this all plays out. <laughs> so, you and I will talk about it. But like I said, I, I had that idea and I wanted to run it by you. And I'm like, that could be fun. Could also be an absolute disaster. And I'm not sure which I, w- I want more at this point. So, because I would like shove the phone in his face and say, hey, talk yeah. to my friend. I'd be yeah. like, 
hey i have my friend it's a cool on, if yeah yeah i have yeah i have a friend that's on the phone on facetime would you is it okay if i turn around you you say hi to her because she's a huge fan of yours like you know and i i feel like he probably would um probably from what i understand he seems like a pretty cool guy yeah so um but yeah so it, it just it's one of those things I, I like i said we'll we'll discuss it further and we'll go from there but like i said I had to rub it in on the show that I'm going to see Jeremy Jordan in Little Shop of Horrors. It could be worse. It could be worse. I could have gone to the show two years ago when I first, you know, knew it was actually playing on you know, off Broadway when it was Jonathan Groff as uh, as Seymour. Um, if you don't know who Jonathan Groff is, King George, or sorry, yeah, King George in Hamilton, but also the voice of Frozen. What's the kid's name? Uh, not Olaf. What? He's Kristoff. Thank you, Crystal. So when I can't, yeah. So <laughs> the anyway, voice from beyond. <laughs> the voice from beyond. Yelling at you. Yes. I'm like fucking Kristoff, asshole. I'm sorry. So anyway, so yeah. So I'm like that would have been cool. Here's another one that's coming up, and I do. I would kill to get tickets to this, but I know the stage door experience on it would be insane. It's coming up in February. It'll be your favorite musical. I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know where this is going. Yeah. Hugh Jackman is going to be in The Music Man uh, this February yeah. with Sutton Foster. And I'm going, like, you're sitting there going, oh, Hugh Jackman. I'm sitting there going, ooh, Sutton Foster. Like, like we're both excited. No, I, I just want to go see The Music Man live. Right. With anybody, let alone Hugh Jackman. You know he's going to kill it. Yeah. He might not get Jeremy Jordan and... Uh, in the greatest showman but he'll definitely kill it for the music man so i just want to see i just want to see wolverine as henry higgins <laughs> all right we gotta we gotta move on we've we've derailed this conversation it's now my drunk broadway theater <laughs> all right so let's talk about the box office real quick so we were talking about shang chi last week how's its legs then week three is no different it stayed at the top of the charts um it had a $21.7 million third, yeah, third weekend last week, uh, which is a 37% drop from where it was the week before. That is outstanding. So, um, so, so we're big sellers of theater. Yes. So as it, slow as we've been, the, the Shanti showings yeah. are still going on. Yes. So uh, it has collected $176.9 million domestically, ranking just behind Black Widow as the second highest grossing Hollywood pandemic release. Worldwide, it has made... $320 million, which is good. I think it was a $100 million budget. I'm not entirely sure. Still hasn't opened in China yet. So we still don't know what that could bring. We'll see if it uh, I've out. seen reports, and I would not be able to find it now. I should have saved it. But I've seen reports saying that it's entirely possible that it won't ever open in China. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, but it's held on to the number one spot. The drops have been decent enough that you know, it's, it's going to make its money back for sure. And then some, so, um, good news. Like that is honestly good news. Granted, it's the only thing really showing worth watching at this point. Um, like there hasn't been any real competition for it. No, there really hasn't. Unless you go see Cop Shop, I'm telling you, go see Cop Shop. It's Cop surprisingly Shop. good. It's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. So, so that's at the, the domestic box office, of course, Cry Macho also opened last week. Uh, and I don't think it, hoping very well at all uh here we go um free guy was number two uh with let's see um 5.2 million 
Cry Macho opened at number three with 4.5 million. Malignant dropped down to number five uh, with 2.68 million. Candyman was number four. Um, Cop Shop opened at number six and made 2.31 million over the weekend. So good for you, Cop Shop. That was a small enough budget. I think they'll be fine. Probably won't make their money back, but it's a fun movie. I actually enjoyed it. So um, yeah, so just kind of looking at that. Malignant and Cry Macho, the two most recent Warner Brothers day and date HBO Max releases not doing so hot Clint Eastwood used to actually sell pretty decent for us mm-hmm. um unless less all of his fans are dying off which is certainly possible I mean hell it's a wonder he's still around at 91 but here we are a lot of people go into it are are older yeah. and I've noticed that a lot of our kind of older regulars aren't haven't quite come back yet or we're not getting that generation as as many of them as we used to yeah so I think some of them are still leery of being out and about right now yeah with covid so it's it's mostly the you know our generation and younger that are maybe gen x a bit Mm -hmm. that are kind of braving it so to speak to go out right so anything that is kind of would be more geared generally towards an older audience is not doing quite as well yeah just it is what it is it is so uh, other box office news for this past weekend, Denny Villeneuve's Dune, uh, which opened in 24 international markets, collected a better than expected 36.8 million. Great news, because we're going to need yes. it to do really, really well, because I need that fucking sequel. We talked about this last, I need a sequel. Gonna <laughs> need a sequel. I already know I'm going to love this movie. Like after really liking the book, I'm going to love this movie. So please, please go see it in theaters. Don't watch on HBO Max. Um, but that is great news. That shows that, that at least globally, folks are trying to get out and see movies. Um, and of course, they're doing kind of a slower international rollout too, because it's like, you know, this, this date we have one country, another, and like the next day it's another country, and the next day, and the next day, until we finally get to that October 22nd date for us. So we're actually going to be one of the last ones to get it. So if you're listening internationally, don't you, I, granted, we already know how the book goes, so, but don't you fucking spoil it for anybody else. That's all I got to say. Um, but it is a good sign that globally people want to get back to the movies. Um, and like I said, between that, between that internationally and, and Shang-Chi here domestically, we're on the right track. And that's what we're really looking for. Um, it's going to be interesting. This, like I said, this weekend's going to be kind of a non-starter. I'll be curious to see what Shang-Chi's drop is next week. Um, I'd really be curious to see what Dear Evan Hansen's opening numbers are like because I just don't see that doing I just don't see it doing well at all Um, but that's kind of where we're at Um, so yeah Uh, let's see okay so hold on I have to go back to my show notes here see what we've gone through well since we're on Shang-Chi let's talk about Disney Plus shall we Disney, so Shang-Chi has got its official streaming date for Disney Plus, as well as Disney is announcing Disney Plus Day, which is the anniversary of when they launched the streamer. Um, So it'll be Friday, November 12th, 2021. So uh, as part of that, uh, there will actually be two big movies that drop onto Disney Plus that weekend. Shang-Chi is one. Jungle Cruise is the other. So if you are just absolutely terrified of going to the movies right now and you want to see these movies, 
but don't want to pay out the nose to see them at home. Well, Shang-Chi, you can't pay out the nose at home to see it, but pay out the nose to see Jungle Cruise at home. Mm-hmm. Um, November 12th is the day. So you can expect to see it on there. Um, and, and I, we, we both just adored Shang-Chi and yes. I really genuinely like Jungle Cruise enough that I kind of want to see it again. Um, so yeah. Um, but they went ahead and dropped their Disney day, Disney plus day release slate. Um, and so we have to look at this. Um, so those two are the big ones. We've already talked about those movies on previous episodes. Go look for it. Um, the new Disney plus original movie, and I'm using the term original cause they're using it cause it ain't home sweet home alone, a reimagining of the popular holiday franchise. Uh, I know Ellie Kemper's in it. Um, beyond that, I, uh, I'm just like, really? Do we? I'm hoping it's better than I'm expecting it to be, but I just don't see it. Um, so we've got that. We have a new series of shorts uh, called Olaf Presents, which is the, the snowman from Frozen, retelling several classic Disney tales as only he can. Kids are going to eat that up. I'm out. You already know Josh Gad just as, uh, not as a person, but especially you, as olaf. you can't handle olaf <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with olaf he just annoys the fuck out of me and that's a character i pro- i generally should like but i don't like i don't know when it comes to disney sidekicks i much prefer eddie murphy's mushu like i mean timon and pumbaa like <laughs> i i don't know i have a standard and the snowman doesn't meet it it just is what it is um so we've got that and then there's also a series of uh other like i guess previous yeah, these are previous uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios shorts. So Frozen Fever, Feast, uh, which I think is the one about the puppy dog, which is really cute if it's the one I think of. Paper Man is one uh, about a paper airplane, I think, um, that turns into a meet cute between a young couple that kind of looks like John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, if I remember right. It was also cute, uh, not near as cute as that puppy. Um, there's another one uh, from featuring characters from pixar's luca called ciao alberto that should be a good one i'd be interested to see that a new short from the simpsons that pays tribute to disney plus's marquee brands they are going to rip that fucking company to shreds and it's gonna be great i actually can't wait it'll be a loving tribute with them but um if if their star wars day short and their loki short that they did or any indicator this is going to be a lot of fun did you ever watch those Mm-mm, i don't think so Check them out. So the the Star Wars short that they did is Maggie goes to the daycare and winds up having a run in with her arch nemesis, the unibrow baby, who basically fulfills the Darth Maul role. It's it's really fun. I really like it. I, I think you'd enjoy that one. But then the Loki one is basically the Simpsons get taken over by Loki, and then he has to fight off the uh, the Avengers of Springfield, which is basically just the entire cast of, which is a huge cast of characters from the Simpsons. That one's fun too. I think you'd probably enjoy it. And it's actually Tom Hiddleston doing the voice of Loki. So, because of course. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. There will be a special celebrating the origins and legacy of Star Wars legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett. Color me excited. Uh, and then a special, so this is what I really wanted to get to a special celebrating the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus with an exciting look towards the future appropriate i know hawkeye is coming out pretty shortly after this so Mm -hmm. i feel like we're going to get some insight onto what maybe it'll be our first look at footage for dr strange and the multi-person madness one can hope right 
the first five episodes of season two of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Nerds of the World, Unite. We are going to enjoy that. Uh, and then finally, Dope Sick, an original series starring Michael Keaton, which will be released in international markets as part of the Star General Entertainment content offering. We won't be getting that. That'll be on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so of that, uh, I think the biggest takeaway here uh, for us is the the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, the, the, first, the first look towards the, the future of the MCU. Um, what, what are you hoping to see out of that? I, I, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> There's, uh, there, that list is overwhelming. <laughs> I know, I know. I, did, I went through it. I probably should have trimmed some of it, but I'm like, yeah, it's all here. Let's go through it. But specifically, though, the MCU. Um, anything anything just anything there's anything there's so much unknown about what's to come yeah just 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 show me anything and i'll be happy right i think i think i'm really i really just want to see because this will be right out a week after eternals premieres i don't necessarily need more spider-man footage like i just needed the one trailer we don't need to go any further than that but if you wanted to drop some footage from dr strange 2 or uh love and thunder or thor love and thunder um I'd be okay with that. Um, I do. I do want to see some of that footage. I'd also like to see because uh, we have more Marvel shows coming. Miss Marvel should be coming out by the end of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. She Hulk will be next year. Uh, so I'd be okay with getting some footage from either of those. Um, you've also got uh, the Marvels, the Captain Marvel uh, sequel coming out next year. You could do footage from that, uh, depending on what they've already shot. If they've even shot anything, I don't even know if they've gone into production on it. But things like that. Like I said, I, just just footage, just new footage. Um, I don't necessarily need to know what characters you're bringing in. I just need to know that, and then maybe kind of give us a rough idea as to where the multiverse story is going to go, because that's where we're where we're all stuck at. We just want to know where it's going to go. Um, yeah. So that's that's Disney Disney Plus Day on November twelfth. So again, if you're uh, ready for any of those, or if you really just want to watch Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings or Jungle Cruise for the umpteen millionth time, uh, that'll be the day to do it. So that way you're not getting charged extra. But in the meantime, go see it at theaters. Like it's great. It's the best way to see it. Like honestly. So, um, all right. So since we're still on Disney Plus, I do have some exciting news, and we already mentioned his name earlier. Um, after winning uh, the Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series for his performance in Netflix's Halston, which I still haven't watched, Ewan McGregor gave an update regarding his highly anticipated Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Basically, filming is complete. Five months of filming in LA, it's done. He continues to hype up the project, teasing that fans won't be disappointed, especially with the cool new technology that they've employed during its production. Quote, We finished shooting our series and it was really, really good fun, McGregor said. I really enjoyed working with Deborah Chow and I think it will not disappoint. The new technology that we employed doing it is cool and it was a different experience than making the original three films that I did. Um, So yeah, it also, uh, so the show also features the return of Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, uh, and Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. Um, I wonder if we're we're gonna see, I feel like we're gonna see young Luke, like, Who's Probably. The, my concern about that is who's the poor kid that's going to get uh, get stuck being this generation's Jake Lloyd. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that this generation is kinder to him than we were to. to Jake I don't Lloyd. have faith in Star Wars I, fans. So. I don't either. We're the I worst. mean, I hope for the best, but I it's I I don't actually believe in them. 
Yeah. So to not be terrible people. Right. So yeah. It it just it is what it is. But it's I, 16 years since episode three, and people are just now being nice to Hayden Christensen. No. No faith. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, that is exciting news that they are done filming it. So I would expect to see that sometime next year. Probably. Let's see. Because it's going to take at least a year of effects work. I'm going to say probably about next fall is when we'll see it. Probably, yeah. It's a great time. So we haven't had any, any new Star Wars content. We're not getting, oh, well, we don't get anything until Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett premieres this Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So exciting news. All right. So we've got one other thing to talk about because this is kind of our, our second big topic of the week after talking Broadway on accident. Um saw the headline originally it was from the new york post and of course that rag just sensationalizes everything it's essentially just a a higher tier tabloid but um so going around there has been a uh a video which is a clip from uh the being james bond um retrospective that's available on apple tv plus um and basically it's a behind the scenes clip of daniel craig's last day of filming where he gives this heartfelt tearful speech about how much he's loved working on these past five movies and working with this crew day in and day out to try and give us the best bond movies he he could possibly make and it's been really heartwarming it's been exciting to see um but always hanging over any major franchise uh bond included is always just an air of controversy um in this case it's been the question of well who's going to replace daniel craig which isn't a controversy in itself but uh the controversy of well they should make james bond a woman or they should make james bond black or they should make james bond something that he wasn't to begin with um so of course the question has been asked of daniel craig yet again about um about a woman uh being James Bond, because that seems to be the big thing. Um, there's a lot of rumors that Lashana Lynch will be taking over the mantle of 007 in this movie. That does not necessarily make her James Bond. So um, let's keep that keep that in mind. So, and you can drop your code code name theories. We're not getting into it. Um, so Daniel Craig said, "Quote: uh, The answer to that is very simple. There should simply be better parts for women and actors of color." Why should a woman play James Bond when there should be a part just as good as James Bond, but for a woman? So uh, it's a compelling argument that has been misconstrued as people saying Craig thinks a woman could never play a sophisticated and stoic character like Bond. What the actor actually points out is women and people of color deserve one, more lead roles in general, and two, should have better opportunities in taking over a pre-existing male-dominated franchise. Trisha, you don't have the same working parts I do. You have totally different ones. What do you think as, as a woman, uh, you know, in this instance? I actually agree with them. Okay. Um, the answer is not to take traditionally male or and or white roles and give them to women and people of color. The answer is write, comp- create compelling roles for those demographics. That's, it's that simple. Yeah. We don't need a female James Bond. We just need a compelling female spy right maybe or you know black or whatever mm-hmm. right right characters that are meant 
to be those things instead of just transforming existing ones. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, there, there was, this almost sounded like, like I said, when I saw the New York post headline, I just went, you're trying to make something out of nothing. Yes. I'm, I am with you, which means I am with Daniel Craig in this instance. And I've said that a lot in our private conversations and I'm always worried that when I say something like that, I'm going to come off as sexist or racist. And that's not at all yeah. the case. Um, go ahead. Ta- taking those roles and turning them into, you know, casting a, a, a female or person of color in those roles means that the default is still white male. Yeah. You're writing for a white male and then, okay, how do we change it to make it X, Y, Z? Instead of sitting down and saying, okay, let's write a character that is xyz which means it never works quite the same yeah so write the roles for these demographics that you're wanting to represent more instead of just again using straight white male as the default and then adjusting from there yeah yeah and that that ties into something that jordan peele said a while back i think it was right before us came out somebody had asked him about making movies that feature you know star you know they ask him basically you know are you going to make movies that star white people you know horror movies that star white people he goes no i've already seen that movie i want to see more people like me in these movies and i honestly i've i've said that for a while i think that is the correct attitude to have Mm -hmm. i think hollywood needs to be more open to that idea there's a reason shang chi is doing so well it's it's targeting it's obviously it's a general audience demographic but starring an an almost entirely asian cast like i said you know last when we talked about this a couple weeks ago my niece and nephew were excited to see superheroes that look like them um same goes for black panther black panther which granted i said i liked the movie i didn't love it i didn't connect with it and in some ways i didn't really connect with shang chi all the way either but it's because i am not black i'm not asian i don't understand where their headspace is coming from because i'm not living that life and that's what i'm saying and i think it's wonderful that both of those movies have come out when they did and they're seeing the success that they're seeing so that way there is that representation on screen to see to see you know people of color to see women take on great roles one of my favorite action movies of like the last decade that we haven't really talked about on this show is a female James Bond movie in a way. It's Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron. That movie is a fucking ride and it is great. And you could honestly take that story with her and you could make it a guy and it works with a woman and you don't have to to worry about changing it, nor do you have to worry about casting her as a pre-existing character and have all this controversy. Yeah. And I think that's like i said with daniel craig's comments i think that's exactly what he's getting at and that's kind of what we need to see more of but we also need to see hollywood take those chances and then we as an audience need to go out and actually support those movies and show that we want to see more movies like that um i think that's pretty much it that's all i really wanted to say about that that was supposed to be our big topic and we both (laughs) completely agreed didn't have anything else to really add to the conversation so, you know, two predominantly white people that just say, yeah, we're with him, we're with this <laughs> white guy on this conversation. But I do want to say this. I think in this instance, we need, we need celebrities, actors like Daniel Craig to actually speak up and support those marginalized people in Hollywood. Yes. 
And that's that's the big thing. That's I think the big takeaway here. We obviously we say give a voice to the voiceless, but sometimes we also on our end need to stand up and actually do the speaking for not necessarily all for them, but open the door for that conversation. Yeah. And I feel like that's what what could happen here, as opposed to just, well, he doesn't think James Bond should be a woman. Like, well, I don't think James Bond should be a woman. I think you should write a better character. I think you should write not necessarily a similar character, but you can write a spy thriller, an action thriller with a female lead and make a really mm-hmm. good movie. We've seen it done before. We're just not invested in it. Yeah. And that's that's the kicker. Like that's that's what has to happen. We have to invest in those things to make it happen. So anyway, that's us off our soapbox for this week. But that's gonna now, Trisha, did you have anything else you wanted to add to this show this week? I know you don't, no. but I have to ask either way. Nope. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week on my drunk movie theater. Thank you guys again for listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at drunk underscore theater. Uh, I will probably be sharing some little tidbits from uh, from my trip this week if you want to see what's going on in New York City. See, because it's going to be an experience up there. Um, I've got my vaccine card holder, so I'm ready to go. So that way I can just go flashing it like the doctor with his, you know, uh, uh, I can't remember what he calls it, but the psychic uh, paper. The psychic paper. I'm like, here you go. Let me in. Like, you know. <laughs> um so we're gonna see that uh you guys are definitely so first thing we're doing when we get to new york trisha after we drop our bags off at the hotel and grab lunch we are going to the spice gate museum i am so excited about this there's going to be pictures of me looking like a fucking toddler (laughs) next to 007's uh aston martin bb5 i am so excited for this um but yeah so so follow along on there of course Anything that happens at the theater that might be mildly entertaining, we also share on on that Twitter feed as well. So that's a good way to kind of keep up to see what we're going to be doing on the next show that you hear from us. Um, You can also, uh, so yeah, follow us on Twitter at drunk underscore theater. Also, if you want to help support my Broadway habit, and uh, like I said, I still have a kid on the way. This is our baby moon. That's why we're going on this trip. So this is the last ride before before little Laura Lynn gets here. you want to support our, our Broadway habit or our child or help Trisha make rent, whatever we need to do. You got your shirt this week. Go to mydrunkmovietheater.store uh, and buy a shirt. We've got all kinds of merchandise on there. Trisha got her, uh, her uh, Be Nice to Your Damn Movie Staff shirt. Mine is on the way. I had to have mine reprinted because the, the shirt I ordered was too snug. Uh, <laughs> um, so hopefully the bigger one will work. But yours, did yours fit okay? I'm assuming yeah. it did. I didn't ask you last night while you were out shamelessly promoting it. Um, and while I was sitting across from you eating dinner yes. and drinking a beer while wearing it. Yes, I had my, my mind was elsewhere. So <laughs> like the beer and food that was in front of us. So, um, so yeah, so make sure you go there, support us, get a cool shirt um, and spread the word. Another way that you can really help us too and help get the word out about our show Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or on uh, podchaser.com. Just find My Drunk Movie Theater on either of those platforms. If you're already listening to us on Apple, great. You're already there. Give us give us a review. Let us know what you think. Just don't say that the sound is booty cheeks. We already know. Um, <laughs> so, And I do want to apologize. So, Trisha, during the show today, your your mic was popping in and out early on. It did get sorted out. So um, hopefully it doesn't doesn't show up in here but don't tell us we it's booty cheeks we know we know it's booty cheeks. i haven't mentioned that in a while so um but that's going to do it for us uh here from all of us here at my drunk movie theater i'm kyle sutton i'm trisha campbell and be nice to your damn movie staff.